growing up, I wanted one literally like every year for Christmas, like any event like that, I would be like, please give me a trampoline. And my dad was just like, no, you're going to kill yourself. (laughs) And so anytime I had like friends in the neighborhood and they were friends first, let me just preface this by saying that. You you weren't trying to be friends with them for their trampoline. Yes, they were friends (laughs) before the trampoline. How dare you call yourself a musician? (laughs) Loads of bands use drum loops. Loads of elevators play Celine Dion that don't make it right. All righty. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure podcast. We go from Calgary to Louisville, and I'm very, very excited to be welcoming on Trey of of Dare on the podcast. Thanks for coming on, my friend. What's up? Thank you for having me. I'm very um, excited for this. I'm very excited as well. Um, you know, I, I've, I've started most of these episodes just giving a little bit of context as to why I reached out to this person or any any person who's coming on the show. And I think for you... I just started to see like your involvement in hardcore, um, mm-hmm. just like really like just just really go go the distance. And you were always on like a potential guest. And I was just I'm always like kind of waiting for that one moment where it's like, OK, now this makes sense to reach out to this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seeing you join up with there on drums, I was like, OK, now it's time to make it happen. Yeah, so we're time. definitely going to be be chatting about that but i think there's uh, a lot of great things uh to chat about on the episode today so i appreciate you making time for me oh yeah thank you again for having me absolutely it's just your uh have you done other podcasts uh when it comes no. to this or this is my first one i'm your first that yeah. that means a lot to me man <laughs> uh so I'll, I'll make sure uh you have a good experience so um yeah we're gonna be chatting about uh you joining up with dare on the drums um i know that you're also working on a project called weapon x which i have a yes. lot of questions about um but before we get into the episode uh as you know trey we got to check some bevs yeah. um but i have to i have to kind of confront you on something because i saw you had a story that you said you are you are anti sparkling water yep 100 percent. i can't do it I've tried several. I've tried like all the popular brands and I just haven't found one that I liked at all. So is it more of the the taste or just the bubbles itself that you're just like, I can't it's, mess with it? It's just the taste. Everything mm-hmm. is like too faint of a taste. And like, I'm not anti-soda. So if I want something with bubbles, I'm just going to get soda. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> because it was like, I, I wanted to like bring it up on the podcast versus just me screenshotting that story and saying yeah. like podcast off, bro. <laughs> uh, but it is funny because for me growing up, I was like, I was not a soda or pop guy. Mm-hmm. Like I just hated the bubbles and it only took me into my twenties where I was like, Oh, I can I can kind of do this um this side of it. Yeah. So I I ironically have a sparkling water, you know, just just to check off of that <laughs> basis. But I am curious if you have tried this one or not. But you know, it's tradition for the guests to go first as far as what bevs they're bringing to the show. So tell me what you're going to be bringing. Okay. So I just got off work, so I've got a nice iced chai tea latte, nice. with a couple pumps of vanilla in there. Do you rock your chai t- uh, chai lattes dirty ever? No. No. Do you know I'm not, what that is? I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, I'm not the biggest like coffee drinker. And so like the actual taste of coffee, uh, it's still like growing on me. Uh, sure. Going on tour with Dare especially because all of them drink coffee. So we'll end up getting <laughs> coffee like two, three times a day. Right. Yeah. So, I know. Like, I know. that. I know Angel's like a, a a coffee connoisseur. Like he's yeah, he's exactly. always kind of doing that stuff. So yeah, slowly but surely, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll it just takes there. some time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know like most bands who are there's usually one member who's like a third wave coffee head, and then they're mm-hmm. the ones being like, no, we're not going to Starbucks or Dunkin'. We're going here. Yeah, um, exactly. To check out this local spot. So surely but surely, but you know, it's a well deserved treat after working yeah, exactly working a long day. So, uh, for me, I'm going to be drinking a limit list. Uh, so it's like, so it's a lightly caffeinated sparkling water, the lemon lime feature. So have you had this one ever? No, I haven't actually. 
All right. Well, I'm holding you to <laughs> at least trying this one, and uh, and we'll kind of see. I wouldn't say it's like the top tier best sparkling water, but it's definitely one that I uh, that I fuck with. But you know, to your credit, I do think that there are definitely some sparkling waters that are lacking flavor. Yeah. Wise, and mm-hmm. it's just more water, you know? Yeah. And I'm not opposed to trying any of them. Like I'll absolutely be trying that one, but it's just like still haven't found the one. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm not expecting, you know, there to be like on the dare karma, karma tour coming up to be like a, you know, no sparkling water in the yeah. dare pit, like t-shirt <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but Trey, cheers to you, man. Really excited to be doing this cheers. podcast with you, friend. Thank you for having me. Of course. I always like being people's first po- podcast as well. I think that means, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that feels very extra special outside of you just taking time out of your day. Um, but Trey, for any new guest who comes on the show, I always like to get a bit of context about how they got into hard- into hardcore and kind of what puts you on that path. And I think, um, you know, I think that there's uh, a considerable amount of years uh, age-wise between you and I, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 29 and I don't know how... Uh, how old you are currently? I'm 19. So yeah, 10 years difference. Yeah. So I think there's there's definitely like people that skew in that younger realm that are like getting into hardcore, you know, but there's definitely people older. But I think that mm-hmm. they're, despite what generation you're a part of, I think there are certain similarities between each. So kind of tell me the the origin story for you and, and how you got started in this whole, mm. in this whole shebang. So uh, with Dallas and Brian being my older brothers, I obviously would like, I would go to shows when I was like early teens, probably closer to like 13, 14. Uh, I would go to shows and it was, it was fun, but it like wasn't entirely my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I don't know if it was a tour or if it was just like a one-off thing, but Terror and God's Hate played Louisville in Spinelli's, which for those that don't know, it's a very small pizzeria that was downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately closed over COVID, which is a bummer, but, uh, terror and God's hate played Spinelli's and seeing terror in that small of a place with that big of a reaction got me hooked immediately. Mm. So like, I've been going to shows ever since. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for, for the uninitiated, the, if you just search, don't mosh into the pizza oven, like yeah. that's, that's <laughs> Spinelli's to a T. Exactly. Um, you know, but I, I think. That's very interesting to me because, you know, I think there's definitely some questions I have, you know, with, you know, Brian's been a past podcast guest and Mm -hmm. I think the Garris family as a whole, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, But I do think it is all it takes is you experiencing hardcore live to really seal the deal, whether you want to be about it or not. And I think, you know, being in a really compact space and having a band that like, you know, as big as terror and as big as God's hate, but like almost like yeah. different in the sense of like the types of pit it would be. Mm-hmm. Like God's hate is more the ass beating time. I think yeah. I actually remember when Brian was on the show, he brought that show up as well. And that mm-hmm. was your first show. And he was like, No, you're standing behind this like guitar amp or or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Um to watch from here versus like trying to be in the in the trenches. Um but yeah, like one of the very first hardcore shows for me was like you know really small church basement people going insane for this band's last show like people Mm -hmm. like climbing up over each other to grab the mic and then like ceiling tiles are being bounced around and like that has just stuck with me all like all this time that i've been in in uh in music so you kind of need a, a like a hardcore experience to actually get into or to really be uh about hardcore it Mm -hmm. seems I still, I still have experiences like that today. Like there will be a band that I'm like not 100% hooked on and then I'll see them live and I'm like that. I'm just hooked on them. So I, I think it still stands for me. Yeah. What's been one of those um, more recent examples of that? Um, Koyo. Mm, okay. Yeah. Not any diss or anything. Um, I'm slowly getting more into like the pop punk side of things. So when they first came out, I was like, yeah, it's okay. It's not really my thing. Um, but on the Knock Loose Karma tour, when I was with Karma, there was a week or so where we split up and we went down through Florida. And um, Karma played like two shows back to back with like Koyo, Soul Blind, Karma, Magnitude. Like mm-hmm. they were crazy shows. So I got to see Koyo two nights back to back and I was immediately hooked. Mm-hmm. That's a very special band. And I'm like, I'm very happy I got the opportunity to see them live and like finally fall in love with them like everyone else did. Totally. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, like 
there's a bunch of things rushing to my mind. Like first, just being uh, when jo- Joey from Koyo came on the podcast, like he's he had he and a lot of the people in that band have that hardcore background. So like mm-hmm. they're just kind of doing something in that more adjacent space, but still have that like spirit of a hardcore band. Like yeah. wa- watching their FYA set, I was just like, what the fuck? Like you know, unbelievable. It's, it's, you could like you can mute that video and put like terror over top of it and the the it would match energy wise yeah exactly 100 percent. and there's also like the fact that i think there's a lot of people including myself that that you know uh there's myself and people that listen to this podcast that got into hardcore but like pop punk came first for them Mm -hmm. so that also has come to mind um and you know this is a, a trio part thing uh i'm thinking of when ryan from ldb said you know he could kind of be iffy on a band's recordings but seeing them live kind of puts it into perspective of what they bring to a show and then exactly. you know he can put them on on ldb fest so mm-hmm. it's it's really i think it and especially in a time where shows were not existent and a bunch of new projects came up and mm-hmm. you know cool demos were dropping like you know pain of truth could have totally been a band that just had a cool demo but if they didn't like really kill it live, they wouldn't be as big as they are now. I agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's really wild. So and and I think, you know, there's been past podcasts during the the height of the pandemic where I was really seeing like all these things. I was like it it really comes down to really killing it live to really like win over people mm-hmm. uh imp- in impress the right folks. So, yeah. Um so with all that being said, um, lo- let's kind of use that as a segue into, uh, you j- joining up with dare. Um, so, you know, friend of the show, Anaya, uh, past drummer of the, mm-hmm. of the band. Um, you know, it was kind of, uh, you know, it kind of, it made sense to a degree when not, when he was like, I'm stepping down from the band, but I was excited to see you stepping into his mm-hmm. shoes. Thank you. Um, and because it was like that longest time where I was seeing you fill in for bands on tours or just at a show. And I was mm-hmm. like, when is Dre going to be in his home? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, t- tell me about that kind of like shift uh, from your lens as far as like how that went down. So the way it started was I was on the Knock Loose tour with Karma and we were at Chain Reaction. I was out back selling merch and Angel DMs me and he's like, yo, call me when you get a second and i'm like okay is everything good because like me and angel before we were obviously like homies but it wasn't like a consistent basis of talking sure um so i like i gave him a call and he was like yo so anaya can't do this next tour we got coming up with life's question would you be down to fill in he was like uh yeah like we'll fly you out like we just need a drummer and i was like dude of course like that's a that was my first time ever doing like a full tour on drums. So mm. it was like a very special thing for me. So I said, yes. And then, um, throughout that tour, uh, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but the, like Anaya and the rest of the band were kind of drifting ways. So like everybody had like kind of the idea that he, he was going to step down. Um, and so Angela talked to me and he was pretty much just like, yo, like if this happens, the spot's yours, if you want it. Hmm. So yeah. it was like, it was pretty seamless, honestly, uh, which I'm very thankful for. Um, so, yeah. 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 And I think like, uh, you know, I, I've got to chat with Anaya and just seeing how it, it was like Darren Zulu were kind of running at the same time. And like, yeah, exactly. Mo- m- most people can't like do two full-time bands like mm-hmm. that's a lot of work yeah, uh, on, on top of regular life things. So to kind of like a just being proud of anyone that kind of realizes that like, Hey, I need to, you know, I need to shift some things in my life so I can like be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see you get, uh, you know, the opportunity to like fill, fill in the gaps for that tour. And then it was like, Hey, this is a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like maybe let's kind of, um, let's pause there and kind of get a bit more context about you just like getting into drumming and, um, you know, uh like 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 i alluded to there was like definitely some certain sets uh or just like jumping on to do a song with a band um that people were freaking out about so like just talk to me about like when you actually started banging on pots or you know whatever it is uh, and then we'll kind of uh get back up to to current affairs so oddly enough i started drumming because it was either freshman or sophomore year my 
So I would make pin beats on the table a lot. And what's a pin beat? Like you take two pins and you just kind of make a beat on the table. Oh, like pen, pen. I thought you said pin. Okay, got you. Yeah, pin. Uh, (laughs) I would do that a lot. And my uh, my biology teacher was like, "Why don't you join the school band? Why don't you play drums?" And I kind of took that into consideration. Um, and then I was like slowly getting more and more into hardcore. So I was like, why don't I just play this type of music instead of joining the school band? Mm. And so like I asked, I started drumming in 2017. I got my drum set that year for Christmas. Mm. Um, and from then on, I've just been like 100% self-taught and, uh, yeah. Uh, the first time I played was with karma at Spinelli's, uh, Mm. and it was a little after a year of me drumming, which was crazy. Um, but I had like posted a cover of one of their songs. And then when they were coming through, they were like, yo, you should play this with us. Cause that's, that's super sick. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Cause they were already like really good friends of mine. Um, I've played Fortnite with Jordan and Edgar from that band for probably close to five years now. So oh, really? <laughs> yeah. We've been playing that almost every day for years now. So they're like my best friends in the whole world. So I think it's, very serendipitous that your biology teacher is like hey you should do a band or or music or join the school band versus like hey can you stop banging and like focus on learning about anatomy or or all that kind of bullshit um so i think that's you know whether there was like maybe some underlying like hey i just want you to get this clearly is something that you're a part of and I want you to get that out of your system so you yeah. can focus on <laughs> science. But I think that is like very, that's like, you know, that's just like a seed that's just planted. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like over time, it's like, yeah, maybe I should do that. And then, yeah, like joining the school band and then like teaching yourself and all it took was like putting yourself out there with like a to cover mm-hmm. and then befriending the band. And then they, it sounded like they they propose that idea to you versus you trying to like, like come at them like, Hey, can I joke? Like, cause you know, if it's the first time, you know, th- I feel like whenever, you know, even cause hardcore is very known for like grab, like someone passing the mic to do that. And a mm. lot of the time it's like strangers, you know, like yeah. Scott, Scott vocal from terror is like handing the mic off to probably like 20 people per set versus exactly. like one or two people. And like most of those people are just like, Scott doesn't isn't like this is my homie who's also in this mm-hmm. band. It's just like here's this random girl who's screaming like you do this part. Yeah. So like, what was that like initial like was that a lot of pressure for you on that initial time of like holy shit you trust me to like drum one of your songs on your tour? Yeah, I remember it making me incredibly anxious and um, <laughs> leading up to it I was anxious and then at the show I actually got a black eye like a song or two before I played with them. Oh, I got popped really hard. <laughs> and so that just added on top of my anxiety right before I had to play. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like, will I be able to see? Or yeah. is it all like, do I have to rely on the muscle memory just that much more? <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Yeah. yeah. I was like um, pretty much crying out of one eye the entire time. <laughs> yeah. T- tears of joy and exactly. pain only coming out of the one eye. <laughs> exactly (laughs) yeah a good concoction there um but i think like especially for someone at your age i think that is like a very crucial and pivotal thing to like really like i think of um you know this is a little bit of a different scenario but like i remember when jesus beast did that whole thing with cody the supergirl i think that's her name and it was like at this is hardcore like how crazy is that going to be for her as she's growing up and like Mm -hmm. starts her first hardcore band you know 10 years from now or or five years or three years whatever it is but i do think that like like bigger bands or not even bigger bands because karma is like they're a great band but they're like Mm -hmm. it's totally different um levels um but i did think any band to kind of see that that young spark or that young fire to be able to just like roll the dice and do that. I yeah. think that's like very, very cool and commendable of, of anyone mm. who does that. Yeah. Like, like how, how did that first karma like drum filling or whatever, like how do you think that helped like shape you and like form your mindset on everything? Mm. Uh, a lot. 
like it helped way more than I realized now that I think about it, because like without that practice, um, I've, I played a couple times after that. Like I played with karma again. Um, I played with life's question, knocked loose, just like random little sit-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, but like without that first practice, I like, it would have been way harder to do the rest of them. And now I've got practice through like touring and stuff, but I get very nervous still. Um, it definitely helped more than I realized. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can say as someone who's 10 years older than you, that nervousness before a set starts, like that never goes away. Yeah. But so if anything, I've heard. yeah, but if anything, that shows that you give a shit that mm-hmm. you're like, Hey, this set like matters to me, whether there's like uh, a thousand people in the room or 10 people in the room, mm-hmm. like there is always that element of like, you know, it puts you on that extra edge of like really trying to trying to do your best i think if you lose that level of nervousness like something's off yeah so um you know fast forwarding a little bit so you do a couple things you're getting a little bit of notice you're kind of like making these connections and then you join dare and it it's kind of like getting to see you kind of jump into the deep end uh versus like having that like here's a like you know we're doing this like little run it's only a weekend it's like now you know dare's there's like a full-time band. Yeah, time. exactly. So like how has that been? Um, even just on a logistical side, because that band's like OC, California, Orange County, all that good stuff. And you're like all the way on the other side of the, yeah. of the country. So how has that been um, logistically figuring out things uh, for you? Uh, they've helped me with like all my flights and stuff. So like the getting back and forth has been relatively easy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty much it. It's been like fairly easy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like if we've got something coming up, they'll just be like, yo, could you look into flights for this? And then I'm really bad at looking for flights. So I'll send <laughs> one and then they'll send me a better one back. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> works for me. Right. And is that like, <laughs> is it is it just because you're like, oh, like, is this, is this a better route or should I go with this airline or like, should yeah. I look on this day? And they're like, yeah, like you have to do this. Yeah. I still just don't know what to look for. So most of the time, uh, Gabe is managing us now. So I'm just like, Hey Gabe, you want to help me out? Yeah. Yeah. Gabe's that's the best. Yeah. Shout out to Gabe. Uh, I, that's someone that I recently saw that he's doing the, the band managing stuff. And that's really, really cool to see his evolution as well. So shout out to him. Um, very early podcast guest as well and i've been meaning oh, to awesome. do a uh to to do a part two because i think the mm-hmm. first time that we chatted uh i was still getting in in the mix of of interviewing people and those kind of things so um so yeah it it sounds like even though this you're kind of jumping into this bigger band you're you're still like quote-unquote green to a degree you have a lot of people in your core to be able to help guide you and educate mm-hmm. you on like not even just like how to play in a band, but just how to do different band things. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, definitely uh, a curiosity of mine was, you know, with Dallas and Brian, two older brothers of yours who are also doing band stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like how pivotal in your perspective was it to have an older brother or even two older brothers mm-hmm. who are like super active in this stuff? Because I mm-hmm. always... I haven't seen really any other like family dynamic, like, you know, maybe there's like a twin or like a brother, or maybe it's like a couple who are in a band together and doing that. But like how instrumental, you know, there's, there's the instrumental side of someone like karma or like other bands like that, giving you the chance. But like, what was like the, the seed that was planted seeing, you know, your Brian, especially mm-hmm. at his essentially at your age going out and doing the knock loose thing even before the pure noise acquisition just talk mm-hmm. to me about that um I'm trying to think of how to word this um obviously when i was like i've been trying to be in bands for years but like uh, i would just like hit people up and fall through hit people up and fall through um and so like watching brian do it just made me want to do it more me and Dallas are kind of like slowly getting into touring together. Cause he had done a tour a couple of years back, like before with knock loose before they had like really blown up. Right. But um, now he's touring with terror as their merch guy. So it's right. like, we're both kind of jumping into it. Um, but like, even just being on that 
karma knock loose tour watching everybody around me do it just made me want to do it more so mm-hmm. like having the opportunity to do that with dare is just like a blessing to me because it, it kind of just fell into my lap honestly right. and i'm like so thankful for it yeah but like to your credit though i think that there are you know you put yourself out there to a degree you know mm-hmm. putting a drum cam like i think some people even won't do something as small as that because they're like oh what if someone thinks my drumming is off or they'll mm-hmm. kind of like whatever but like even just something as simple as that caught the eye of so-and-so and then that like mm. it was just a, a domino effect and yeah. i think like I, I i'm just hitting on this so hard because i think a lot of people especially in the social media digital age that we are they're like they're they get so hyper focused on the amount of likes or views mm-hmm. of some that something has but i'm like even if a video has like 10 views, one of those views could be the member of that band. And then yeah, they're like heading exactly. up to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think like, if you're really wanting to put it out, like don't get tripped up of off of like comparing yourself off of streams mm-hmm. or lessons. Like, I think it's, it's all about put like just showing up at the end yeah, of the day. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> I think it, it's also kind of a funny thing too, because Going back to the family dynamics, you know, like Dallas was um, featured on Knock Loose's first record. And then mm-hmm. there's like plenty of times where like in live settings, you've been out on tour with Knock Loose and, um, and, and done a guest spot here and there. Um, you know, even like the duo, uh, I think at LDB yeah. 2020. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting how like, you know, maybe there's one member of a family who is like the touring person and then everyone else maybe is has a has a, nor- a normie job or whatever mm-hmm. but it seems like all like it's the entire it's the entire brotherhood of the Karis <laughs> brothers doing that so Literally. i'm i'm curious if like your mom or your dad has any said anything or just had any revelations off of like oh i thought it was just gonna be brian but now all <laughs> my kids are doing this crazy hardcore thing uh more recently they've definitely thought that uh they knew that i like I'm a drummer, obviously. Uh, mm. And I had started this band with Isaac. It's been like a year in the making now, probably more because the singer had the idea for it, like probably before I was into hardcore, mm-hmm. but um, it just kind of like wasn't going anywhere. I was still just like kind of doing my own thing, just drumming at home. Um, and then, like I said, uh, the dare thing, I'm not going to say fell into my lap again, uh, but uh it just happened so quick and the same thing with like Dallas going on tour with terror. So now they're definitely like, they just got their hands full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I think a lot of things within the music industry just happen at a very rapid pace mm-hmm. because especially for the, the dare situation, it was like, Hey, we need to figure out a drummer thing for this upcoming thing. We're not going to like, yeah like there it's too much work to try and like shift an entire thing and give us more buffer and Mm -hmm. why not like reach out to this person that we know is capable of it and giving him a shot um i'm just thinking of it from your parents lens of like (laughs) hey i got this offer to join this band in in california like see ya yeah um but i i think that's really dope like and, and that and and that happens again when you show up when you put shit out the right people will see it and then they'll, you know, Hey Spencer, can you come out and film this show for me mm-hmm. in a week's time? Um, you know, a, a good friend of mine, I'm just going to shout out my, my friend, Alan. Um, he's, he's kind of like a version. He's very similar to me where he was like creating content for bands, maybe not on like an archivist side, but like, mm-hmm. you know, doing little snippets and photos yeah, yeah. and then just over a matter of time, like just doing that for local bands. And then a matter of time, the manager of one band he did it for also manages Beartooth and then Ka- and then he's hanging out with Caleb Show in LA. So That's I think crazy. it's just yeah. And it's like, dude, you and it was like a week's notice of like, hey, yeah. can you come down and do this? So again, I think just really hitting on showing up and reminding people that it's just like one moment away from everything mm-hmm. changing for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think that's hard to wrap your head around when you're an adult and you don't understand the crazy music industry or even just hardcore in general. So you're mm-hmm. like, wait, is there like some form you need to sign because you're getting hired? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 these these are just my friends and they need a drummer and we're going out and doing this thing. Yep. Um, 
based off of that, you know, I think um, I think when a new guitar player, bass player, drummer is like coming into something that is like, quote unquote, established, there's mm-hmm. uh, a balance of like learning that stuff and honoring, you know, that's how that fill was written, but also wanting to like throw your own spin on it. So how has that process mm-hmm. been with you um, when uh, when joining up with there? So I got home from the tour, the Knock Loose tour, and I had eight days to learn the like probably like 15 song or so set before I flew back out. Um, that's that's so, like two songs per day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So most of it, I kind of learned how it was written. Um, but now I'm, I've done two tours with them and then we just played a fest out in Tacoma, Washington. Um, and over time, I've definitely kind of developed my own style and kind of changed up the own fills a little. I don't know why. Uh, I've kind of changed them up a little bit. Uh, I'm all for that, honestly. Uh, yeah. As long as it's not anything like too drastic, then because yeah. I, it, to a certain degree, I think you do have to respect like how it was written and recorded. Right. But, yeah, uh, it, it's it's one thing to be like, I'm just going to make this halftime like a two-step and it's like we actually can't do that that's gonna mess the whole vibe of the song but if it's just like having like a hit versus just you know on the snare and and floor tom adding like Mm. a kick in between that like if if you feel like that's better yeah uh, i think that's but yeah it's just interesting because you came into the mix right after like dare put out this new record yeah exactly so i'm sure you're like very eager to like you know you know, when you guys are going to do a, a next release, you know, like, you know, wanting to make your stamp on it with your mm. own, you know, beats and all that. Very excited for that. Yeah, but it, it is a process of like, this is how people hear it. We don't want to, I don't want to mess up the flow. I just, you know, it. I think it's like subtly changing things. Um, mm-hmm. I think um, for my works podcast, we had an artist on and he was saying, instead of trying to drastically change your style that and especially if it's known for a certain way just like slowly you know making changes so that Mm -hmm. over over two or five years time it's drastically different but you kind of like handheld the fan base through all Mm -hmm. that if you don't yeah ease into it absolutely um so what is your drumming you know practice like set up like are you very diligent of like i gotta practice like once a day I, it needs to be like off, like I got to have a certain bev with me. Like, I'm just kind of mm-hmm. curious on like, um, how you get ready for things and, and how you just like keep the creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. So my practices are like, I don't get to as much as I would like to, um, just because I do live with both my parents. Um, my dad gets home from work. The last thing he wants to hear is my drum set downstairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so like, say he takes a quick shower, I run down to my drum room. Uh, On Thursdays and Saturdays, both my parents play cards. So I've got like the whole night to just be down there by myself, either like covering stuff, just kind of like jamming around, just doing whatever. But like, I do it as much as I can when I can. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's some constraints already set because you live at home still. Yeah. Um, But then it's like, okay, these are the times that I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Versus like, if you had your drum set at a at a studio or or whatever and then you can kind of go but i think having a, a a rhythm of like when you're doing it i like the idea of like oh dad's going in the shower just running down and like practicing some blast beats or whatever exactly yeah have you nailed down the time of like what a normal shower is for him you're like okay i can at least it play varies. these two songs yeah uh it's anywhere in between probably 10 and 15 minutes and I okay. just run down there with my AirPods. Most of the time during the showers, I'll go down there and just like play some songs that I've been listening to recently. Right. But uh, on like Thursdays and Saturdays, I just go down there, take deep breaths, do whatever I want. Right. It's nice. Yeah. I've just, <laughs> I'm sure there's been times where, you know, you're like, okay, 10, 10, 15 minutes is up. And then you come back and he's like still in the shower and you're like, oh, you're like really, <laughs> you're taking a really long shower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And most of the time, I don't even try and time it. I just go until he texts me to stop. (laughs) Oh, I see. Yeah. So there's a bit of a window of like, okay, now it's over. Um, Yeah, that's really funny. I remember 
when we were jamming and practicing for a show, we had a hard out time because I think it was like after 9 p.m. We like the tenants below where we were jamming are like, okay, like no more noise after mm-hmm. that time. So we're like trying to get like practice done and like we're in the last breakdown and i'm looking and it's like 8 59 i'm like oh are we gonna have to cut this break like the song short but it was like the minute we stopped you know the the hour changed over so Um, sick so yeah it was like (laughs) but um yeah i think i think it is uh it's it's important to have some kind of schedule even Mm -hmm. if you have some constraints as well um you're an avid front flipper yeah. So I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> so how much of that is youth as far as like the the craziness and the you know getting the height and how much of it is like oh I I know to jump over these people that are standing cuz yeah. I've seen I've seen you do it, do it in a ton of videos and I'm like the height is is definitely there. So how much of that is youth and you just being uh, a young spry whippersnapper and how much of that is like oh like i i i know how to get my body at that height and, and flipping yeah. in that motion um the energy i will attribute to being me being young um the rest of it i like growing up i always loved like trampolines and stuff so i was always learning flips and stuff like that and then mm-hmm. it got to a point where over like early quarantine, I was learning how to do backflips on flat ground. Okay. And so like a lot of it is just me being able to really jump high. <laughs> uh, so that's like the main part of it. And I just know not to land on my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At, at least when you're jumping on people, there's a little bit of uh, yeah. uh, a, gr- uh, a cushion there versus like if mm-hmm. you're just doing it on flat ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you're in the backflip uh game as well um i'm afraid to now <laughs> i'm sure if i went in my backyard right now i could probably do one if i just committed to it but sure. as of right now i'm not sure <laughs> yeah i i feel like when you're doing it at a, at a show it's like i've seen people do the backflips just like 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 in a flat ground setting like you're just doing it singular mm-hmm. versus you're trying to do a backflip onto people like yeah versus trying to like kind of do it do that motion in that way Mm. um but yeah i think it's uh so so you're did you have a trampoline growing up or did you like not have access to that no because my dad was always anti-trampoline oh Uh, interesting yeah growing up i wanted one literally like every year for christmas like any event like that i would be like please give me a trampoline and my dad was just like no you're gonna kill yourself (laughs) and so Anytime I had like friends in the neighborhood and they were friends first, let me just preface this by saying that you you weren't trying to be friends with them for their trampoline. Yes, they were friends (laughs) before the trampoline, but I was always over at like other people's houses using it rather than my own. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it is funny. I think when, if, if you, if your family is fortunate enough to get a trampoline or a pool, I think it just mm-hmm. when you're in in school, the word gets out, and then people are like, "Yo, can we can we come over?" And, yeah, exactly. And, and Yo, Trey's got a trampoline. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. No. So it's safe to say that you know when you grow up and maybe you're buying your first house, the first thing that you're getting is a trampoline. Oh, it's going in ground immediately. It's, it's in ground. <laughs> I'm going to have the biggest like rectangle trampoline right in the backyard. It's yeah. going to be perfect. It, it is crazy to see the um, the invisible springboards at like some festivals where oh, some people yeah. just have like the, the most insane vertical. So there, there almost needs to be a survey of a like, if like for all the flippers, like, <laughs> how much of you grew up with the trampoline and how much of you didn't yeah you know you could have totally lied and be like oh yeah you know like my dad sells trampolines and we have six in the backyard and I'd be like yeah that makes sense but uh it's like no i i've learned how to do solid flips even without the trampoline mm-hmm. upbringing i won't lie now we do have one because oh, a kid okay. that i was friends with like moved out of his house and they didn't take it so we literally like me brian and dallas went over there 
lifted the trampoline above the fence and just walked it to our house. <laughs> Did your dad know? Or you're just like, no, oh, yeah. we're, we're just, okay. You're like, no, just we're just going to gonna grab point, this. It got to a point where he was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to stop you all. So. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at least there was like a buffer time where he's like, well, at least, you know, I, I tried, but, you know, life finds a way. And yeah, tramp- exactly. trampolines find a way. Yeah. Can't pass up on a free one either. So, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I think it is. Uh, whether you have a trampoline or you're into that, like going to those like parkour gyms where it has mm-hmm. like the trampolines on the walls and all that stuff, like that, that shit never gets old. <laughs> I, I will say that. <laughs> um, so, so let's kind of transition. So, another project that you're in the midst of right now that you alluded to at the beginning is uh, Weapon X. And I think mm-hmm. there's been a lot of like, oh, Weapon X is coming, but there hasn't yeah. been actually anything in the midst of that. So can you just like, just for the fans or anyone who is like, I don't know what that is, like just break that break down what that project is and what people can expect as that I'm sure is starting to to roll out in the next little while. Yeah, so Weapon X is our friend Dave from here in Louisville and then me, Brian and Isaac. Um, Brian's on bass, Isaac guitar. Um, for years, Dave has had like a thing where he's like, okay, I'm going to start this straight edge band. It's going to be called weapon X. Cause he's like a big comic guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got to a point where I hit up Isaac and I was like, yo, let's start this. Like, what are we waiting on? Let me be a part of this. First of all, I kind of invited myself in on it. <laughs> um, and then slowly but surely over quarantine, me and Isaac would get together and we would jam and uh, kind of write certain things. So everything's written, everything's recorded except vocals, and it should be coming out very soon. Very cool. Yeah. Very soon. Uh, and, and your guys' first show is LDB 2022. Yeah. Uh, March, I want to say it's the 11th. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're like I I should know this but <laughs> something like that. <laughs> something like that. Um so just so I understand correctly, so the 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 idea of the band was first just the name. Like I want to start a project mm. called this. Yeah, and exactly. And then it was like okay, let's fill in the pieces. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. That's like very reminiscent of like when um when when Joseph from Tsunami was on the band, he was always talking about how Theo was like I want to start a band called Tsunami. That's spelt incorrectly. <laughs> so sick. <laughs> and then it's like other people like gravitating to that idea. And mm-hmm. it could just be the coolness of a name or, you know, obviously there's the straight edge element to it as well. Yeah. Um, but I like that idea of just having a dope name and then just yeah. kind of like plugging in things to actually make it happen mm-hmm. versus like and, and you know, there's there's no one way to do a band like some people. like write a demo and then they come up with the name Mm -hmm. um which totally works but i i like almost like the reverse engineering of things to that to that way um when it when it comes to that like it is and 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 you don't have to say if you if you can even say or not will recordings be out before or after ldb before okay cool yeah yeah which is like really coming down the pipe it seems yes <laughs> yeah very much so yeah so maybe you and i can talk afterwards as far as like when is best to drop your episode around that day because that would definitely be a, a good thing um what are you most excited about like how that band is you know musically compared to what you're doing with with dare like what's the you know different strokes that you're trying to hit, scratch um dare is a lot more like groovy and it's uh I was going to say probably a little bit more technical than Weapon Mm. X stuff, but now that I think about it, Weapon X does have a couple songs where I kind of tried to pop off while writing them. Um, But it's mainly just way heavier, uh, so that I'm very excited to play like heavier music for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I think being able to be like, this is the the band, especially if you're a drummer, like, Mm. and there there are a lot of similarities in the different styles of beats, but it's like, if that if a certain band you're like oh this is where i can kind of do more technical like handwork mm-hmm. but then there you have your other band that's like this is just all footwork and breakdowns and yeah. double bass and all that shit mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm i'm very excited i i love that the it hasn't been like this like 
the the t- it's more just been a lot of word of mouth that I seen yeah. about this band versus like here's the little teaser that we're gonna post and try to be mysterious. Yeah. So I, think I was honestly the... go ahead. No, 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 you go. I was honestly like blown away by the like reaction to us just being announced on LDB because like throughout the day I would like look up Weapon X on Twitter to see if people were tweeting about it and there was like like five to 10 tweets, which is yeah. like a lot for a band that doesn't have any music out <laughs> or, and yeah, I was just or like, like social media or away. any of that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So like I'm stoked just because people are stoked for it, <laughs> which, which is really cool. Cause I think, I think a thing that people forget in hardcore 2022 environment is that people will buy, like it's the market of like the hardcore community that will buy mm. into an idea of a band. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you have the the strongest social media team behind you or the craziest stuff. It's like peop- putting stuff out and allowing people to decide whether it's sick or not is the thing really in, in life. Like yeah. there's, there's a lot of businesses that will like spend millions of dollars like wor- orchestrating this product and all that. And then once they put it out, it's like, it sucks ass. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> then the company goes under. So and maybe this is just like a quick like plug for liquid death it's like they put that product out without ha- they put the idea of the product out without actually having any like you know they didn't like make millions of cans and then announce the company they literally yeah. like made it as a joke to test like hey would people be into this idea yeah and, and people clearly were and then mm-hmm. they started and then they started the company so i think it's really cool to be able to like even just like putting a couple hundred dollars into like a demo and just putting Mm -hmm. it out. And then if it like really catches, you're like, Oh shit, I think this is, you know, a huge band that I'm going to be a part of now. Mm -hmm. Um, what has been, what, what are you, what's like your, what's the thing that you're most excited to do with weapon X live that you haven't been able to do yet? Um, I'm very excited to play with Brian uh obviously the band has a sweet spot for me because my older brother's in it right um that's probably the biggest one has that been something that like you and brian or even dallas have like joked about growing up it's like oh yeah when are we going to be in a band together and all that but Mm -hmm. now it's like like this is the first time that's actually happened yeah uh Mm -hmm. we've talked about it a lot um brian moved to la over the pandemic so now the thought of three of us doing a band is kind of like out of reach, unfortunately. Sure. But whenever he comes home, I'm sure we're going to make it happen. We have yeah. to. Yeah. No, I, I think that's really cool. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see the, the different generations and, and just like, I, I think when I saw you and, and, and Dallas all doing the guest spot to dead ringer, which yeah. is like, I, it, it's, there's so many layers to that. There's like the fact that all you guys, are doing that and then crafting if i'm wrong like dead ringer is about like brian like your dad so there's like that element to it as well um is that right that i'm not entirely sure okay if i'm think, being quite honest <laughs> yeah i think it, maybe it's not maybe it's not your dad maybe it's just like some family member who has that like musical background as well um mm. someone can fact check that later on um, but I think it is really cool to be able to like have that camaraderie and being able mm-hmm. to do that band, even if it's like we might play a fest once a year yeah. or kind of doing this this thing. Um, I know Isaac, who's been on the show before, has always been like when one of his side many many side projects has yes. traction, he's like, "Oh, I hate that this isn't full time." Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to kind of shift gears to one of the last things that we can talk about, Trey. So like. You're you're a young dude in this hardcore space and you're clearly getting a lot of like really cool things um coming your way. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's really important to kind of like have a have a have a check of like cuz I think a lot of people can get into this space and maybe they get not like wrapped up in the wrong crowd isn't the wrong the right thing but like maybe they are looking to someone that maybe has not like the right mindset when it comes to hardcore and how you Mm -hmm. how you should carry yourself and obviously like you have the people within your your louisville circle but they also have your your brothers and all that kind of stuff so 
what do you think is like the guiding mindset that someone should have if they want to a be involved in hardcore and you know Mm -hmm. do cool things but also just be a good person at the end of the day uh you're not better than anyone else that's involved period we're all in this for the same reason we like the music we enjoy like live music and that's all there is to it like there's no reason to put people down or act like you're cooler than anyone because you're not you're just a loser that likes hardcore like i am (laughs) and that's the only thing i can say for that yeah i i think the reminder of like I think a lot of people would just be like, oh, it's so cool to like, like this weird music. It's like, it is very weird. It's very strange. Yeah. To like to your goals of the year is like spending hundreds of dollars to fly to like a random part of the world just to go to a festival versus yeah. like these other things. So I think, I think taking a step back and being like, yeah, we are, we all are, lo- all, we all are losers and we all have like this weird obsession with this music, but I think that's what unifies us. And yeah to use that as the guiding like way versus trying to be like, Oh, like what? I'm not going to talk to this person or I'm going to be kind of whatever. Um, and I think, you know, I think as a, an extra point there, I think Louisville has a lot of people within the scene who have kind of sussed out some of that bullshit and have a Mm -hmm. little bit like more of a stronger unified community. And like, off of the off of the fact of just needing that when you're more of like a an underdog scene yeah you're like like in the midwest you know Mm -hmm. not as not as privileged as something like california or new york or Mm -hmm. some of those things like were there any moments with anyone like outside of your family let's say that like really helped um put you on that right path versus trying to like make you feel like you needed to act a certain way to be accepted um, everyone knocked loose really, um, excluding Brian, because like he is my older brother, obviously, but like everyone in knocked loose has done nothing but show me like what hard work does for yourself, because that is easily like the hardest working band out right now. They're going 24 seven, just like everything they can do nonstop. So just like watching them grow as a band and as people has been awesome. And it's just like really helped me keep the right outlook on everything. Totally. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people, you know, it was, it was funny when, when Isaac was on the podcast, he was talking about like being in a band like knock loose that worked their faces off. And I don't think that anyone can deny that to get Mm -hmm. to the level that they are. And they continue to work their faces Mm -hmm. off. And then there's like a band like inclination that puts out, like an ep here and an ep there and then it like explodes so i i i try my best as as many times as i can to just remind people that like even if you have a hardcore demo that pops like no one owes you shit and but but if you put in the work like people will notice like like people that i never expected to give a shit about my podcast have noticed because i've like put out almost 200 of these, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and yeah. so it, it really like boils down to being, being nice and being mm-hmm. just like a good person and putting in the work so that people are like, I want, I want to, I want to hang out with Trey. I want to hang out with Spencer. I want to hang yeah. out with th- this person exactly. and like, so sur- and meld my worlds with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's I just think- like what you said earlier, just showing up. Yeah. Showing up and also just being like, just genuine because I think it's, Mm -hmm. I think, I think a lot of people can have quick jumps up to like, you know, going after people or trying to like Mm -hmm. manipulate things. But like those people don't have longevity in this scene. In my opinion, I think it like 100%. I think bands like knock loose. I think bands like terror, like the, the people that have been around and have like genuine people that like give a shit about their friend group and everyone else, not just, mm-hmm. you know, their collection of bands, like really help seal the deal when, you know, they're starting a band like in their thirties and forties. Uh, mm-hmm. and then like, even if they're starting a business, like people will go and support them because of what they did, uh, in their hardcore scene. So I think, I think it really matters. And I clearly see that you're on the the correct path, um, when it comes to like how to just carry yourself. Um, cause I think a lot of people can, 
get lost in the sauce when they're trying to just do the cool hardcore thing and, mm. and try to be on all, all the cool festivals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trey, this has been a great chat, bro. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on the pod. Um, you know, before we start to wrap up, um, is there any final words that you want to say? Anything like that? Um, Darren Karma have a tour coming up soon, right after LDB. It's like a Midwest East Coast uh, tour. Flyers are all over Instagram and Twitter and stuff. So uh, come check out a show. Say what's up. Uh, mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Weapon X music coming soon. Yes. Very excited about that. Um, the last portion of the podcast, Trey, as you know, is we have to end on a, on a, on a mosh story. And that could be anything that's first in your mind. That could be something funny, something really wholesome, something really violent and mm. crazy and scary. Whatever's first to your head. I had a couple of these coming to mind. The first one is um, a couple of years back, uh, there was a weekend in Louisville where like judiciary played and the next day it was like purgatory and like a bunch of like kind of like Midwest bands. Um, But drain ended up hopping on the day with judiciary Mm. and it was like a surprise kind of thing. And there's a video that went around of me, Brian and Dallas all three moshing to drain at the same time, which is very wholesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, another one is, like I said earlier, I got a black eye right before I played with karma. Um, shout out Jimmy Dunbar for that. Cause he's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, another are- thing that was just like going around Twitter and stuff was the giant front flip I did in San Antonio off stage. <laughs> It's probably mm-hmm. my biggest one yet. <laughs> yeah. Has has any legit. front flip experiences gone awry for you? Um, like not ag- according to plan. Yes, actually. So when a different shade of blue came out, there was the release weekend in Louisville, mm-hmm. and um, so the like the big headlining show, people were not catching you. So oh, all really? night, like <laughs> to mind force knocked loose. Anytime I dove, I was quite literally front flipping off stage to my feet and landing every single time because people would just scatter as soon as they saw you coming. Yeah. Like I can't believe I have to say this on the podcast, but if someone is flipping or diving, like you have to catch them. There's like yeah. this unsaid rule. Like, like I've, I've seen that all the time where someone's doing something and it, you see the, the sidestep, like mm-hmm. you're in that area for a reason. So yeah. like you gotta, you gotta, there's a, there's a notion that if someone is standing there, they know that that's mm-hmm. like the, the splash zone, if you will, yeah. of like people diving or, or jumping off. So if you're not, a instead of stepping to the side, just. Just step all the way to the back or protect or your neck. Else. Protect your neck. That's Grow right. up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Uh, it is funny, though, because, yeah, there's I, I I've told this story in the podcast multiple times. So the very first time I stage dove was like, I think it was at a I don't think I've ever said the band, but I think I was seeing Greeley Estates in Winnipeg and I got on stage and I jumped off and it was like like pitcher picture perfect it was like mm-hmm. you know catch you know the the surfing for a little bit and then kind of plop back on stage mm-hmm. and then i'm like okay i'm going to go to the other side of the stage and do this <laughs> and then it was like i just took out my friend that i went to the show with <laughs> so it was like karma in that way of mm-hmm. the balancing of the scales uh on the knock loose tour there was a couple times where i would just be going too crazy to knock loose and i remember one time i dove and then i was getting pushed back on stage kind of like a backflip and i rolled directly into isaac's mic stand as he was trying to sink something so he had to like move out of the way real quick that nothing is worse than taking a microphone to the teeth so it was like oh yeah quick thinking on isaac's part for sure yeah it's uh it's it's wild like seeing some of the people will do that and i've always maybe not overthought but just like been like oh my gosh are you okay mm-hmm. but like some people are just like so in the moment that they'll just like roll mike sangos you know they roll over the pedals for the guitar <laughs> player and then they'll just like jump off and it's like you you can't unless it's like 
okay, this person clearly is just not self-aware of like, you know, where they're being or, you know, Mm -hmm. the person that pushed them, like it was more on them, but it's just like the, the beautiful chaos that is a live show and how many things can go wrong yet people will still play is, uh, is super cool. Um, so Trey, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much Um, for having me. This is a blast the dare karma dates and all your socials be in the description in the show notes. And, uh, Thank I can't you. wait for to, for us to finally meet up in person. I feel like it's been a long, long time, but I, yeah. I feel like this is the year that, that it will happen. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That's right. <laughs>